There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Season 2 of Confessions of a New Grad. This podcast is an ongoing story, so if you haven't listened to Season 1 yet, I'd recommend starting there. Chapter 22 Apollo, Amanda, and me. I felt like a zombie when I woke up the next morning. To my surprise, Gemma wasn't in the bed next to me. Instead, I heard a key in the lock and saw her slowly enter the room, carrying a tray of two coffees. Oh, thanks, dude, I said sitting up and rubbing my head. I was so tired. No problem. Thanks for letting me crush here. Of course, anytime. I'm so embarrassed about getting so drunk yesterday. She bowed her head. It's okay, Jen. You were sad about Austin, and then I just sprang the whole Amanda situation on you with no warning. Yes, but... Alcohol is supposed to be fun, not a coping mechanism. In truth, I had been a tiny bit worried about how much Gemma had drunk yesterday. Although the two of us loved to party, I had been toying with the vague notion of maybe asking her if she was alright. Still, it's awkward to call out a friend, and it was always hard to tell if Gemma was having a rough time, so I was relieved that she was self-aware enough to bring it up herself. Don't beat yourself up about it, Jem. We all slip up once in a while, I said. Ugh, I know, but I've done it before, so I think it's time to set some boundaries around the whole drinking thing. Yeah, well, okay. I was thinking of maybe checking in on you, but it looks like you've checked yourself, so I don't think you need to worry. I mean, you know how we love to drink, but only ever to have fun and not because we're stressed about life or a guy or anything. What was that last part? Gemma said, pulling a pen from her purse and scribbling furiously on the napkin. Drink for fun, I laughed. All right, she handed me the napkin. What's this? A contract? The best ones are always written on napkins. It said, only drink for fun, not because of stress or boys. This contract is binding AF. Sincerely, Gemma Wilding. I grinned and took the pen. I should probably sign this too. I've definitely been doing a little bit of stress drinking lately. She gave me a hug. Want a ride to work? Oh, yes, please. Let me just shower real quick. A wave of exhaustion washed over me as I hopped out of Gemma's car and onto the sidewalk in front of my school. I smiled as Gemma turned the corner and then popped by the little cafe next door and purchased another two coffees. I was making good headway on the first one by the time I sat down at my desk. I set them both down on either side of me and opened up the computer. 
Then I groaned. The essays from the previous teacher that I had been supposed to give back to my students yesterday were still sitting on my desk. I must have forgotten about them in all of the commotion of yesterday. I reached for them and then leapt up as something hot hit my legs. I had knocked over one of the coffees and now the left leg of my gray pants was soaked. Swearing, I grabbed some tissues and began blotting frantically on my way to the bathroom. Unfortunately, all that the blotting and washing accomplished was to spread the brown wetness around even further. I thought glimmeringly of the other pair of work pants that I had at home, and then the 10-minute warning bell rang. Resigned to the fact that I was going to have to teach looking like I had wet myself and or shit my pants today, I returned to my classroom. Then I saw the state of my desk. The rest of the coffee had accumulated at the base of the pile of essays. The one on the bottom was absolutely destroyed. What was wrong with me? I considered whether it might be better to simply misplace the essays at this point, but then a voice called, Oh great, are those our Dracula papers? I looked up to see one of the students from yesterday, George, looking down at me expectantly. Uh, yes, I said, turning toward the window and hiding the completely destroyed essay in the middle of the stack as the rest of the class entered and took their seats. I started calling out names and handing back papers. The first ten or so were pretty clean, and luckily Andy was too busy staring at me to notice how splattered his one was. I squinted at the name on the destroyed essay, which was almost illegible at this point. Emma, I called, handing it to the quiet girl from yesterday. She frowned down at it sleepily. Instinctively, I gave her a judgmental look, as if to say, you should really take better care of your work. Her frown melted and was replaced by a look of shame. I felt horrible, but I couldn't tell them what I'd done. Yesterday had not been smooth, and if I made any more mistakes, I knew the class would lose what little respect they had for me. Why is my essay splattered with coffee? George demanded. I don't know, I shrugged. His eyes narrowed as they traveled over my soiled pants, but to my intense relief, he didn't press the issue. The rest of the day went far better than I thought it would have, which was lucky because my tired brain didn't have the capacity to deal with any more crises today. When Mary came by to grab me for lunch, I told her I had to prep instead. This was true, and it also meant that I could avoid the staff room and Amanda. It rained during last period, which meant that the plans I had to take the PE class out to play basketball were foiled. Instead, I had to teach them yoga in my classroom. I have no idea how to do yoga, but Mary had told me to get a YouTube playlist full of yoga and Pilates videos ready for occasions such as these, so I played one on the projector while I walked quietly between the rows of students, fixing their forms as much as I could. When the bell rang, I asked Emma if there was a staircase that I could use instead of the elevator, and she led the way to it, helping me escape the building without running into Amanda at all. I found a text from Bree in the group chat when I pulled out my phone to play some music during my walk home. 
Ugh, these night shifts at the hospital are killing me. Also, my house is way too much drama these days. I'm gonna need to escape soon. Wedding drama? Lana asked. Of course, Bree said. I can't believe your brother isn't marrying me, Gemma wrote. Bree sent a puke face emoji and then added, Honestly, my parents would much rather have you as a daughter-in-law though, Gem. They can't stand his fiance. Really? Why? Lana asked. Because she sucks. I grinned at the message. Brie was the sweetest, but I loved it when every once in a while she made a savage comment like that. What sucks about her? I asked. Ugh, they're just not compatible at all. My parents are horrified that the wedding is actually happening, and they're doing their best to pretend to be cool with it, but it's so obvious that they are not cool with it. So every time they talk to him, there's just so much tension. It's exhausting. At least you get to go to Costa Rica for the ceremony in December, Lana wrote. I'll be stuck in soggy Vancouver. Gemma and I were in the same boat and liked Lana's comment. Yeah, James and I are planning to just go on a bunch of day trips to get away from everyone, which will be nice, but anyway, how's work going, Brooklyn? It's interesting, I wrote back. Interesting is an understatement, my god, have you not told them yet? Gemma chimed in. OMG, tell us, Lana typed. I'm writing the world's most boring essay and need some drama to keep me awake at this point. I started typing out a response, but it was so long that I stopped midway through. I really didn't want to talk about it anymore. It's a long story, I wrote. Maybe I can tell you guys over brunch this weekend? Ugh, fine, Lana wrote back, but I'm expecting a real page turner. I smiled in spite of myself, turned up the volume on my headphones, and made my way down Granville. The rest of the week went relatively well, although I wasn't able to avoid Amanda entirely. I ended up spending a few highly uncomfortable lunch hours crammed between her and Mary in the staff room, wishing I could be anywhere else. It wasn't that Amanda wasn't nice or easy to talk to. It was that she was too nice and too easy to talk to. She was quiet, and at first, I had unfairly assumed that she would be boring, but she wasn't. She had this bright outlook on life, her large gray eyes were always full of wonder, and we had a very similar sense of humor. I often found myself lost in genuine laughter with her, only to then remember, with an unpleasant lurch in my stomach, that I couldn't be friends with her. Because friends don't keep secrets, and I was keeping a pretty big one from Amanda. But what was I supposed to do? What if she turned on me when I told her, and we were then stuck working together after that? What if she was so angry that she retaliated and sabotaged me at work? I couldn't risk that happening. This job didn't pay incredible money, but if I lost it, I wouldn't be able to pay my rent, and I had no other job prospects that would pay nearly as much. And what if she confronted Apollo about everything? What would they think of me? 
He wasn't some random guy Amanda and I could just hate and move on from. He was an old family friend of hers. If there was an outsider between the three of us, it was me. If someone had to take the fall for the shit show that this situation was, I was the easiest target. But I had to do something. I just wasn't sure what yet. Part of me wanted to call Apollo out on everything. But would I be able to trust anything he told me at this point? And even if I could, I didn't want to be the crazy girl who freaked out and blew everything out of proportion. So I did the only thing I knew how to do. I stalled. I justified this by telling myself that I really didn't have time to deal with it all. I had to focus on work because I did. And anyway, I'd already had way too much bad luck this week. Surely I deserved some sort of karmic break at this point. But unfortunately, as I would find out that weekend, the universe wasn't done fucking with me just yet. In the meantime, I distracted myself by texting Stefan, but his responses were getting slower and less interested. Undeterred, I sent him a message on Wednesday suggesting that we meet on video chat sometime this week like he had originally suggested. Then I didn't hear from him for two days. On Friday, right after I had finished my first week of work, he finally responded. Hey Brooklyn, I think you're really cool and would love to meet you whenever I'm back in van, but for right now, things are just really busy for me. Of course he was flaking. This was exactly what I had expected. Why would a hot swimmer guy want to keep in touch with a girl he'd never even seen in person when he could have any girl he wanted to in Toronto? It was predictable, realistic, totally understandable. So why was my breath catching in my throat? I blinked impatiently, sent back, sure, sounds good, and then shoved my phone in my bag before heading out of my classroom. I had survived my first week of teaching. And that was something to celebrate. I could see the girls tomorrow, but for tonight, I couldn't wait to collapse onto my couch with a pint of ice cream, watch some TV, and pass out no later than 9 p.m. I could feel the freedom as I waved to Mary and descended the staircase to the street. All I had to do was round the corner, and then I would be... Hey, Brooklyn? My heart sank. It was Amanda, running down the staircase to join me on the street. How'd your first week go? She asked, breathlessly. Great. Yours? Not too bad. I didn't see you at lunch today. Oh, yeah, well, you know, tons of prep. I shrugged. She looked down at her boots, biting her lip. Brooklyn, this is a bit awkward, but I need to ask you something. My stomach lurched. Oh no. Sure, what, what's up? I asked, hoping the smile I was giving her didn't look as fake as it felt. Well, it's just... And please be honest, because I'd rather know the truth. I felt like I was going to explode. She knew! 
What was I going to do? Tell her? No, no, I couldn't tell her. Deny it? Yes, I would deny it. That was the only reasonable thing to... Have I done something to offend you? She asked. I blinked, taken aback. Offend me? I just... I feel like you've been kind of avoiding me all week, and I wanted to ask if maybe I said something, or... Her face was shining and earnest, and I felt like an absolute asshole. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. No, no, Amanda, you didn't do anything wrong. But you're sure? I feel like you kind of run away every time you see me. I... I'm really sorry. It's... For a second, I thought I was going to tell her. She definitely deserved to know. Maybe getting this out in the open was the best thing to do. But I couldn't do it. I've just been having a bad week, I said. But it's nothing to do with... I broke off. I had been about to say it was nothing to do with her, but that wasn't exactly true. So instead I said, but it's not your fault at all. What is it then? She asked. I was dating a guy who ended up being a bit of a dick, I said. And hearing you talk about the guy you're dating, that kind of made me feel worse. Oh no, I'm so sorry. Don't. Be sorry, it's not your fault, but yeah, I guess I have been avoiding you because seeing how happy and excited you were about your guy, it just made me feel bad about my situation. I totally get that. What happened with your guy? Well, uh, I thought he was really great, but then I found out that he already had a girlfriend. Are you serious? Yep. Oh, I'm so sorry, she said, pulling me into her and giving me a hug. Brooklyn! A shrill voice called. Next moment, Amanda's and my hug was hijacked by Lana and Bree, who had materialized out of nowhere. Happy birthday, Bree sang, blowing a party horn in my ear. What? What are you guys doing here? And it's not my birthday for another week. Yes, well... Next week didn't work because Chris and I are going to Tofino then, Lana said. Plus, we thought this way we could capitalize on the element of surprise and celebrate you surviving your first week of work all in one, Bree said happily. Gemma got caught in traffic, so she's going to meet us at your apartment, 
Vanna explained. We told James, Bentley, Chris, and the others to come over to your place for pre-drinks after eight, so we've got plenty of time to get ready and eat before that. And hi, Bree said, turning to Amanda. I'm so sorry. I'm Bree, and this is Lana. Hi, I'm Amanda. I work with Brooklyn, and I just started this week, too. No way, Lana said. Well, you should come out with us tonight, too. Oh, I don't want to crash your party, Amanda said, looking at me uncertainly. Not crashing at all. The more the merrier, Bree said. Yeah, you should come, I said, giving Amanda as genuine a smile as I could muster and thinking privately that I was going to have to ban all of my friends from ambushing me outside of work ever again in the future. A few hours later, my tiny apartment was packed with people. Lana and James had turned my kitchen table into a beer pong station, and Gemma, who had brought what looked like random, half-finished bottles of obscure liquors from her parents' cabinet in Lions Bay, had appointed herself bartender. Amanda had left us to go home and change earlier, but I had decided against explaining the situation to Lana and Bree when I got them on their own. Gemma was enough of a loose cannon as it was. Plus, if they all knew, I would feel even worse for Amanda when she showed up later. I'd tell Lana and Bree at some point, but not tonight. Unfortunately, the fact that I hadn't wanted to tell Lana and Bree had prevented me from giving Gemma a warning either. When Amanda arrived, Gemma's eyes went wide and she pulled me into my bedroom under the pretense that she hated her outfit and needed to borrow a different shirt. Brooklyn, what the fuck is going on? She hissed as we shut the door on the party. I get that you want to be nice, but inviting her to your birthday party is borderline psychopathic. I was talking to her outside of work, and then Lana and Brie ambushed me and invited her, I whispered. Oh, no, I should have told them not to meet you at work. Yeah, you really should have, I said, opening my closet and rummaging through my tops. Well, I'm sorry, Gemma said testily. I didn't realize Amanda practically lived on the street outside that school. Did you do something to offend, like, God or something? Because your luck this week has been incredibly bad. Maybe, I muttered, handing her a replacement top. I'm sorry. It's not your fault. I'm just mad because I hate this whole situation. She's a really nice person. She gave me a sympathetic look, adjusting the straps of the shirt to fit her. Honestly, this whole week kinda sucks. She forced a smile. This top is cute, though. Austin stuff? I asked. She sniffed. We talked this morning, and I told him to take the job in Texas. Oh, Jem, I'm sorry, but I'm sure you guys can make long distance work if you want to. You know, I don't want to. So, did you break up? Her eyes welled with tears. Yeah. Then the door burst open with a loud bang and Lana and Brie came in. 
Gemma, where's the lid for the blender you brought? I want to make a round of margaritas. Lana stopped short as she saw us sitting on the bed. What's wrong? She asked. I broke up with Austin, Gemma sighed. Oh no, Bree said, giving Gemma a hug. What can we do? Lana asked. Get those margaritas going, Gemma said, wiping a tear impatiently from her cheek and marching back out into the living room. Uh, Gem, remember what we said about coping? I began. Make mine a single, Gemma called to Lana. Thanks, Brooklyn. I'll take it easy tonight. But it is your birthday, and that's something to celebrate, regardless of whatever else is going on. Lana's margaritas, coupled with the various shots that Gemma kept herself busy serving to everyone, the recipes of which became more and more bizarre the longer the night went on, soon had the whole group pleasantly buzzed. After a highly competitive game of beer pong between Lana and I on one side and Amanda and Bree on the other, I headed to the bathroom to break the seal. James was already in there, so I checked my phone while I waited. Apollo had texted me a few hours ago. Hey, is everything all right with you? Did you have a good first week? I glared at his message, watching Amanda and Bree dominating in their new match against Chris and Bentley. Amanda was great. If it wasn't for this stupid Apollo situation, I'd be happy to have her join our group. And she was new to town and needed friends anyway. She didn't deserve to be messed with. Apollo, on the other hand... I looked deviously back down at my phone and started typing. Hey, sorry for not replying before. My first week was really busy, but good. What are you up to tonight? He responded immediately. I could tell he was relieved that I had finally replied. Glad it went well. I'm planning on going downtown with Cody and some friends. Are you going to be out tonight? Yeah, we're headed to Gastown really soon. You guys should meet us here, smiley face. I sent the location of a bar right in the middle of Gastown. We weren't sure where to go tonight anyway, so I can definitely make that work, he wrote back. Awesome, see you soon, I typed, smirking as I headed into the bathroom. I had absolutely no intention of going to Gastown tonight. Lana had already arranged cover for everyone at a club on Davie because it was so close to my house. Still, any inconvenience or confusion I could add to Apollo's night was fine by me. The music suddenly stopped while I was in the bathroom, and when I came out, James hurried over looking worried. Hey, Brooklyn, your neighbor just came by and she did not seem happy. I groaned. In the craziness of the last week, I had almost forgotten about the tiny fact that I had a slightly insane next-door neighbor who already hated me. Let's head out, I said. We probably should soon anyway. There was a murmur of agreement, and after the usual kerfuffle associated with trying to wrangle a large group of drunk people, we arrived at the club. You're coming with me, birthday girl, Lana said, leading me straight past the lineup to the bar. Shots are on me. The next few hours were a blur of dancing. 
All right, everyone. It's time to go back to the 70s. The DJ called, cranking up the volume of an exceptionally fun remix. The ceiling lit up with colorful strobe lights and Lana, Gemma, and Bree shrieked with delight and started dancing on top of the platform by the DJ. Come up, Lana called, reaching down to pull Amanda and me up with them. Amanda joined them eagerly, but I held back, gesturing that I needed some water. All right, but come back right after you get some because this set is unreal. Lana blew me a kiss. I gave her the thumbs up and headed toward the bar. Something about seeing Amanda dance with my friends had caused a squirmy knot of guilt to form in the pit of my stomach. The bartender was irritated when all I ordered was water and poured drinks for at least five other people before handing me a glass of it. I didn't mind though. I had no desire to go back to the dance floor. You all right? Bentley asked, appearing at my shoulder. Yeah. He didn't look convinced. Can I buy you a birthday shot? Sure, I grinned. Bentley ordered, and then he turned to me. Happy early birthday. Thanks, Bentley. I heard you started your new job this week. How's that going? Really? There you are, Brooklyn. I need to buy you a drink. Amanda called tipsily, giving me a hug. Oh, no, it's okay. Bentley's already getting me one, I explained. Here you go, birthday girl, Bentley said, handing me a huge glass full of golden liquid and an enormous shot glass filled with dark brown liquor. Are these... Double Yagabums? Yes, he said, giving me a kiss on the cheek. I laughed, tossed my head back, and drank it in one gulp. When I resurfaced, my eyes were watering. Bentley, chuckling, reached forward and gently wiped a tear from my cheek. It could have been a cute moment, had it not been interrupted by Amanda plucking a very tall guy from out of the crowd. There you are, finally! She shouted happily, throwing her arms around him. I didn't need to blink the blurriness out of my eyes in order to recognize who it was. Brooklyn, this is Apollo, Amanda announced. I wanted to disappear. What was he doing here? I had specifically told him to go party on the other side of town. But Amanda's expectant gaze was lingering, so... I reluctantly looked up at Apollo. If I hadn't been so furious with him, I would have found the look on his face funny. He had frozen like a cardboard cutout of himself, except for his eyes. His pupils were the size of ping pong balls and they darted between Amanda and myself. Hey, Apollo, I said, holding my hand out for him to shake. I've heard so much about you.
Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please give it five stars on Apple or Spotify, write a review, share it on social media, and tell your friends. Confessions of a New Grad is written, performed, and produced by me, Greta Craig. Rebecca Montgomery does cover and episode artwork, as well as editing the scripts. For accompanying illustrations, exclusive news, and extra content, you can follow the show on Instagram at newgradpodcast. You can also find more information and get in touch via our website, confessionsofanewgrad.com. Special thanks to all the musicians who allowed us to use their work in this production. You can find the soundtracks in the episode descriptions. I love interacting with you and hearing your thoughts on the show or anything at all, so please feel free to continue to reach out to me on Instagram or via the show's website. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.